This is another iRaw podcast. If you're seeking inspiration and purpose and meaning in your life, we cannot avoid uncomfortable feelings in order to get there. We just can't do it. And things will come up in you visiting an animal shelter or a rescue that you may not have ever predicted. Hey, it's Katya here for season two of The Animal That Changed You. And it's Jenny. Also get used to my voice. That's right. It's Jenny and Katya because this show just got a co-host and we could not be more excited to share this podcast and to share it with you. We are friends. We are animal rescuers. We are moms, both to humans and pets. And we're here to talk about what you can do to take action for animals because we believe in them and we believe in you too. We are also going to talk about lipstick colors, books, and recipes, right? Sure, yes. Animal lovers, we're excited to hang out with you. Connect, open your heart, and buckle up. This is going to be fun. You guys, welcome back. It's season two of The Animal That Changed You. We did it. We we made it. We're here. I know you know her already. You've heard us set up that she's here, but Jenny, do you want to... Do you want to talk to everyone? Say hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> She's going to sing as much as possible. <laughs> Promise. Promise. Guys, how have you been? Yeah. How have you been? How are your animals? Who are you loving as far as an animal goes? You can also tell us who you're loving it, as people. You know, We want to hear it all. We want to hear it yeah. all. How are your family dynamics? What's the culture of your home like? What are your relationships? We're here for anything and everything is what we're saying. Because Jenny, true or false, loving animals is never just about animals. True. You heard it here, guys. Now you know. No more wondering. It becomes, <laughs> you know, loving animals becomes about like who you are, where your challenges are, where your where your family traumas live, um, the things that in your home may or may not be going smoothly. Like it all comes up. Animals and body, all the people who used to love them all the people who will love them. It's just so much. So much connection. Yeah. That's what they are. They hold stories and they're connection points. I'm moving around on the microphone. I could edit this, but I'm not going to because you guys- This we, is real life right we, here. We run loose here. We run loose <laughs> and easy. <laughs> um, Jenny, do you want to tell our fantastic group of listeners here, these, this community of just knockout people- some of the things we're going to be talking about in season two. What season two's focus is? Yes. So for Katya and I, for you and I, we're going to be focusing on life as moms of both children and dogs, what that life looks like for us and how it can relate to you and everyone else out there who is dealing with the same things. We're also going to be advocating for what you can do from the tiniest little steps to the biggest steps to make a change in the animal welfare field. Yeah. And when that's really important to us, just sort of focusing season two on action. And like, we want to dig into that just like a light, shallow dig mm -hmm. here today. And I will also say that Jenny and I have had many conversations about what we call double moms and double dads, people who have both kids and animals. But we want to say, if you do not have human children, we know that your pets, your dogs, your cats, your horses, whatever, your iguanas, they are like your kids. And Jenny and I believe that if you looked at the love under a microscope, it would look identical. Identical. Yeah. Love it's is the same thing. Same thing. Love is love. And you do not need to be a double mom or double dad to be here. You just need to love an animal because we know, we are certain it's the same love. Correct. Yeah. 
But then we are going to share our crazy, chaotic experience. (laughs) That's right. I mean, what I want to bring, what we want to bring is being vulnerable, being realistic, being open. Yeah. That this life is challenging. Working in the animal welfare field, having a family, doing it all. It can be challenging. And we know that. And we're here for you. And we're ready to share our stories and hear your stories as well. And in terms of how we work in animal welfare, it's very different. I'm a animal shelter volunteer and I have been for a long time. I'm fostered, you know, parent. I love fostering dogs. I would foster cats and all the others, but I'm allergic to cats. Guys, I heard that there's a shot in being invented that you can give that kills the allergy. And I'm a thousand percent, like all the percents that are available in the world, I'm hanging my hat on. I cannot wait to have all the cats I'm allowed like to you have. will be a subject for that trial. I will w- take my body yes. for science, use it, and make this allergy go away. I want. That makes sense. And just, I'm, I'm, I am so excited and, and just about my own evolution as an animal lover. Like, oh my God, I love goats. I know we've talked about this, everyone. <laughs> I love goats. I love cows. I have stood by a cow and had a spiritual experience, like truly been like, oh, they're they're 100% is a higher power. I mean, you're seeing a lot of percents today. So, but I'm excited to like grow my intimate relationships with animals, like get to know them more, have friendships, house them, have a farm. Like how much more can I give? What more can I do is what I'm saying beyond dogs. Although, you know, I'm always going to love dogs in a way that I, I don't think I can put into words. Um, and then I write, I'm a writer. You, do you all know that? Yeah. And I write about animals and I also don't write about animals, but who are we kidding? They always work their way in there. <laughs> and I, and I do this podcast. And last but not least, I'm a life coach for dog people. We'll, we'll talk more about that as we, we go I mean, on. We need to get into that we because need, it's amazing. Thank you, Jenny. Mm-hmm. But I want you to tell me what you do and really get in there. Okay. So this is amazing. yeah, my side of animal welfare is that I started a dog rescue in New England and Massachusetts and Connecticut about a year ago. And we work primarily with Texas, Cleveland, Texas, mainly, and with Tennessee and also within the state of Massachusetts and Connecticut to rescue dogs and get them adopted into their loving homes and also provide community support because we understand that animal welfare is not just about the animals. It is about the people. And so what can we do to keep those animals with the people who love them. We can provide support, resources, education. And so those are our goals within my organization. And we are working towards a lot of things, a lot of things happening. Can you share some of those exciting things? Like, can we get like a tease, like a first look-see? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a tease. <laughs> so in Massachusetts, we are closing on a, on a lot. So we're going to be building our own facility there like a sanctuary it's it's going to be like our home got it so you know in massachusetts we have regulations where any dog that comes into state needs iso for 48 hours so we have to have a building isolation that brings yeah Yeah. we cannot bring dog and dogs into the state without that so we'll have our own place it'll be a place for volunteers to come for people to engage take do outings come in and do a puzzle and just sit or watch tv with a dog like you name it it's there for the community how much iced coffee will be available knowing you so much i know because i'm an obsessive iced coffee drinker (laughs) 
There will be snacks. There will be coffee. Like there will be, this will be a place. So yes, it is a sanctuary in a sense. For humans and animals. For humans and, and animals. We are also working on a business plan to get our feet, our boots, our place on the ground in Cleveland, Texas itself. So that we have a place there to help to hold, to spay neuter, and to really start making a difference in the crisis that's going on down there. And there will be a coming shortly. That's not a, that's not an adjective. I mean, it made sense to me. But. Thank you. I hope all of you are also still following this <laughs> podcast episode. Um, there will be an episode dedicated to the crisis in Cleveland, Texas, which is an area outside of Houston. And that will be coming soon. That's what I was trying to say. Jenny, did you work in animal welfare before starting Better Together Dog Rescue, the current beautiful organization that you are growing? Yes, I dabbled. Dabbled. I worked with um, our municipal facility. Mm-hmm. I am a foster. I've fostered for years. I've done some marketing and fundraising for other organizations. And then I got my degree, my master's degree at SUU, Southern Utah University. They did a partnership with Best Friends Animal Society. And I graduated from there in April. And I did my internship, a six-week internship at Best Friends Sanctuary, oh which was amazing. So I've I've got some experience behind me, but I've also worked in the nonprofit sector for 15 years. Two us in our nonprofits. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I've worked in nonprofits and in specifically animal welfare for about a decade. Yeah, which is um, it's a different side of things because yeah, you're behind a desk, and it and and in a way you sort of miss getting your hands in there, but you just know you're you're making these macro changes or at least a part of decisions that will affect. You oh, know, it's a huge part of it. Yeah. And that's the point here. It's like you, if you're not one to want to get your hands dirty, there is something you can do. And that is going to be something we talk about consistently and constantly on in, in season two. But guys, we're going to just go through like a little list here today. Before that, I just wanted to tell you, Jenny, I don't know if you know this. Do you know that my husband, Eric, in 2009, took me to Best Friends Animal Society and proposed to me there? I do know that. Yeah. And I'm super jealous. It was... Because my husband did not do that. Well, my whole family made fun of me and Eric and was like, some people want to go to like Paris or Hawaii, but you knew, you knew she'd want to be like a Michael Vick dog. We were with a Michael Vick dog when he did it. A rescue dog. Rescue pit from Do you remember which one? Her name was China. Oh. And she was beautiful. And um, that's how I found best friends in the first place was because of the victory dogs. Oh my God. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. The book. Did you read that book? I read that. I vi- sure did. Oh. Like name the book. I read it. Yeah. And yeah. I have like the picture books to boot. Because it's outstanding what they're doing. Do you know about dogs deserve better? Yes. Correct. Maybe. Yes. They, um, so everyone dogs deserve better um, is a nonprofit organization that frees dogs from Chains and tethers. Yes. And they like, you know, train, I guess, volunteers to like go out and like help and offer to build dog houses, build fences, try to help people create a life for their dogs so that they don't have to be on a chain or tether. But they bought, so Michael Vick's land in Georgia used to be the Bad News Kennel Mm -hmm. and they bought the exact property and turned it it into the Good News Rehab. Oh my God. 
I might be butchering the exact title, but they they rehabilitate their dogs on the same exact soil. That's amazing. It is pretty amazing. I just got the chills. It's they had their founder was this woman named Tammy I forgot her last name. She was very Tammy passionate. Awesome. Tammy Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very passionate person. She's no longer present there, which is a bummer, but I have no idea how they're running lately. But all this to say, we're really going on a tangent already. Let's talk about some of the things that our listeners can do for animals, no matter what kind of animals they love, in their everyday lives. What can they do, Jenny? What do you think? Donations. In-kind donations. Like old towels, sheets in your closet. Mm -hmm. Donate. Run a in-kind donation at your school or at your bank or... At any place that you have a community, collect canned goods for, you know, dog food, cat food, litter. Go drop it off at the shelter. Go drop it off at the shelter. Visit the shelter. Yeah. Just go say hi. Just go say hi. Take a dog for a walk. Take a box of donuts that cost you $20 and just go into your local animal shelter and say to the staff, this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Here. This is for you guys. Yes. For you guys. Here's a pink box. Just, yeah, connect. Connect. Social media, tag, share, like, get the word out there. Yeah. Or if you don't, you know, necessarily want to go to the shelter for whatever reason, look up a local rescue, find out when they're, usually on their websites, it tells you when their next adoption event is. Roll up. Just roll up with those in-kind donations. Mm Mm-hmm. Here, it feels so good. That's the thing is that like, it feels so good to just be like, here. It really does. It fills you up. You don't know you need it until you've done it. Oh, I love that. And do it with your family if you can. Absolutely. Speaking of families, if you happen to have children or you're an aunt or a godparent, you know, consider giving the gift of, a donation to an animal shelter or animal rescue in the name of that child for a birthday. I don't know about you guys, but like if I see one more plastic thing, uh, like, yeah, give me a, give me a, Hey guy, you know, Shaggy is going to, you know, have a better life at this rescue because of you. I can say to my kid. Sure. That's the best thing. We had a parent. I had a parent reach out to me at the end of the school year asking, can my daughter make a donation in honor of her teacher? And so I made up this cute little certificate and emailed it to her. And that's, that's what she presented to her teacher. And to it was better like, together? Yeah. <sighs> it was brilliant. I really love that. So smart. I will say something else. You brought up just going to the shelter for a visit. And I know that this sounds kind of like woo-woo, but I love the woo-woo. So here we go. Go to the shelter on your lunch break. Go to an animal shelter and just walk the kettles. Not to torture yourself. Not to make yourself sad. Although you may feel things. And by the way, your kid may be pissed off that they didn't get like water balloons. The new water balloon things that you attach to the sprinkler and then all the water I mean, balloons are pretty awesome. Those are pretty but cool. Whatever. Moving on. They might be like, oh, great. Shaggy, a dog I've never seen is going to get whatever. You know. Okay. Yeah. You can... Tolerate and bear those dis- those uncomfortable feelings from your child. And you can tolerate and bear the discomfort you might feel walking through an animal shelter. But guess what? You look at those dogs, cats, bunnies, etc. You just look at them. You talk to them and you acknowledge that they exist. 
And those animals get a lift and they become more adoptable. I promise you it happens in the air. It's true. They just I've do. I've seen it. Yep. I have witnessed it with my own eyes. Right? It's like there's an animal that's been there for months and then someone's just visiting or taking pictures. That dog gets adopted. That cat gets rescued. Correct. Why? Why? What happened? Because of the human-animal interaction. Yeah. It's an energy. It's an energy. You can go bestow your aura on a being that needs you for half an hour. Right. It's and not a lot. It's, it's not a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask of your emotions. Yes. But have more faith in yourself. Mm. You're stronger than you think. And if you leave sad, you might also leave inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's both sides to this. Yeah. And I I think in general, like, look, I'm not saying I'm a fun person, period. I'm going to stop there. I'm certainly not always fun to be married to or to be in a family with because, as I tell my husband all the time, I do not care what it takes to get from point A to point B. Don't care. Not interested. Do the thing. Mm-hmm. Do it. Just do it. Don't talk to me about it. Don't whine about it. You wish. I don't care. I don't right. want to know. Do the thing. All that to say, if you're seeking inspiration and purpose and meaning in your life, we cannot avoid uncomfortable feelings in order to get there. We just can't do it. And things will come up in you visiting an animal shelter or a rescue that you may not have ever predicted. That's right. And that also goes hand in hand with fostering. Mm. You know, people... Next way to help. Just, I mean, biggest way to help. People are afraid of their emotions. They're afraid of their attachments Mm -hmm. and how they're going to feel. Much respect, but put those feelings aside. Mm -hmm. Look at what's right in front of you. Look at what needs help. Mm -hmm. You're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. Oh, God. I wish you guys could see her face because you would believe it. (laughs) I have like a little bit of tear in my eye right now if you could see it. And I will just say for whatever it's worth that the very places where you will bump up against something as a foster, whether you feel like inconvenience because the dog peed on the rug or the cat scratched up or the, you know, you have to go home to feed or whatever, or the places that are challenging or the big emotions. Those are the exact as if it is divine places that you need to grow. Exactly. It's, it's beautiful. It's good for you. And it's happening. It was very beautifully said. Oh my God. Thank you. I write. Um, <laughs> and I don't. I'm just kidding. And yes. that will be clear to everyone on the show. That's such a lie. She <laughs> has said, she, okay, Jenny's visiting in Austin, which I feel so happy about. And she's just like dropping like parenting advice, friendship advice, animal rescue advice. Just like gems are coming out. I'm like trying to memorize it in my brain. So she's lying. Um, <laughs> lies are happening now, but, um, it is okay. So talk, can you talk a little bit about fostering in the different levels, the different areas, the levels of commitment, the different areas so that people know it doesn't mean you're going to have a dog for six months. Sure. I mean, puppies normally two, three weeks tops, maybe even two days. It really like they're quick in and out because they get adopted. Young dogs, three weeks to five weeks. Older dogs, maybe a little bit longer. If you want a commitment, you can do hospice. You can do long-term fostering. We're going to have a program for homeless people, for their pets. You know, during the season, there's a shelter that doesn't allow them with their pets. For military active leave, we'll have long-term fosters. 
domestic violence victims. We'll have long-term fosters. So there's there it runs what the what writer, what's the word I'm looking for? The gamut? It runs the gamut. <laughs> Fostering all the way. There are so many different levels and you can do it. A hundred percent you can do it. Another thing I want to touch on is and what we'll talk about a lot during the season is the whole double mom and again whether you're a double mom or not but the commitment in this field of work can be tough and I'm doing it Katya's doing it there are so many men and women out there doing it on the regular and having to make hard decisions hard decisions on which way you're going to go. Mm. And so I hope to share with you a lot of my feelings on that, a lot of my moments, like when my son had his concert and I did stay to listen to him, but I had to leave to go do a Zoom. And he cried and cried and cried and begged me to stay. And I had to leave. You know, I just wanted you to know, like, I'm facing those moments. You're not alone. You know, the animal welfare, like, I tell people, I'm. they're like, when do you work? And I'm like, 24-7, I'm on all the time. And so you you face some hard moments when it comes to, to life and family. And so I hope to bring that to this season. Also, do you remember the time that we were recording a podcast and my kids knocked on the door? That was another time mm. that just It happened. feels very familiar to me. <laughs> exactly. That's a very good example of being pulled in many directions. I missed a moment there, and I'm not editing it out. I'm doubling down. I was emotional. I had a moment with myself in the microphone. You and all these wonderful ears. Did you talk about temporary fostering? Did you guys Like a little bit, yeah. Just know that that's available, people. Like, you can plug in with a rescue like Jenny's, Better Together, that transports animals from point A to point B, and then you're only fostering for a couple nights, or if if they're leaving from your city, then you're just fostering for a couple weeks until they go off on transport. Like, you can be That's part right. of something temporary, too. Like, if the animals in Texas are pulled from the shelter, they need to be out for two weeks. So, it's basically a two-week commitment. Which is... In Cleveland. Yes, and in Austin, too. You know, and for our organization, and, and a lot of organizations, we provide everything that you need. Mm. Everything. And that's another thing. If you used to have pets and you need a minute, but you have a lot of those leftover materials, supplies. Mm-hmm. You can donate that stuff, too. You absolutely can donate that stuff, too. Por favor. Other ways people can do small stuff. Do we have anything else? You touched on social media. Share, share, share. Care, care, care. They say scene is saved, right? So many. I mean, look, going in the animal shelter and hanging out there, and I'm sure people feel this with farm animals. You know, there there are incredible people out there saving farm animals. And you have to pick... There's a, there's a picking that happens that feels quite unnatural. And, you know, not to be blunt and also not to make anyone feel in the hot seat, but the more people who open their home or the more people who get involved, the more picking, the more we can pick. Right. So the more animals you share, the more who are seen is a way that you can pick from the comfort of your chair. And you are legit saving a life. Yeah. Like multiple lives. Because if there is a trickle here. Smart. If you're fostering, that makes room at the shelter or that makes room at another foster or it, it keeps things moving, which is what desperately needs to happen. Movement. I mean, so much more needs to happen beyond that. But to, to continue at least saving these animals from euthanasia, 
movement is the number one thing right now. Yeah. Also, this just came to me when you were talking about movement and we were talking about people who save animals. There are people who open sanctuaries for all sorts of... I mean, there's a wolf sanctuary in Texas where wild wolves are pretty much extinct since, extinct since the 80s. They can't really interact with their wilds. Right. I mean, like, like, just bananas next level. My point is you can take your family or friends or godchildren or friends' kids or your friends as adults... So go visit a sanctuary. Guess what? That's a vote. Go to a place that is conserving life. That is that is like, gosh, that sounded so charged right now. I shouldn't use those words. Ugh. Well, uh, you know what I mean? It's the truth, though. Yes. Rescuing, saving wild animals, uh, farm animals, pets, birds. I don't, I don't care. Fish, I don't care about the type. It's just getting back in touch with the natural world. I mean, for me, I want to go to all those places. Like, I want to see all those animals. Yeah, right? Like, I want to look and go, whoa, 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 whoa. How did you, how are you here? How are we looking at each other? And I love it. It's the best feeling. But even going there with people who are in your life is a vote to keep those doors open and keep those animals safe. And another, I mean, we just keep working off of each other's things here. And it's great. But another really small thing that makes a huge impact is educating your children. Mm, And that goes, you know, go to the library, get the books out about rescuing dogs and and spay and neuter and the, you know, the victory dogs picture books and educate them on it. Yeah. Or there's... Teach them uh, kindness, how to... Community cats in the neighborhood. Right. Go buy cat food with your kids. Go to the 99 cent store. Right. And buy a bag of cat food. You don't have to spend a ton of money and just teach your kids. I saw that. You saw that. And I saw it too. Right. We're going to do it together. Build a birdhouse with your kids. Put little sunflower seeds out there. Ahí está. There. Here's a little... Nurture. Nurture that because we're bringing up that next generation. Yeah. Just like I raised a mouse for six days. Tell them. Because my son, his name was Tiny Elvis, nurturing your child's instincts. And... Tiny Elvis was this little mouse that was found orphaned out in our chip pile. And Jack, my my oldest son, just felt this really big, strong need to try and save him. And is that ideal? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> we had to feed this baby mouse every two hours on a Q-tip. What do you mean? Like dip the Q-tip in milk? Get it in its mouth. I mean, every two hours. Like, my husband had to set an alarm overnight to get up and feed this mouse every two hours. And obviously... This is wild. Yes. I just want to go back to the idea that you soaked milk onto a Q-tip for a mouse. And I love it. And then it went to a paintbrush. Then we did a paintbrush. How did you know to do this? Did it say online? Google. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's on Google. And we fell in love with him, and we took really good care of him, and unfortunately, he wound up passing away. And we knew, because we had researched it, that the chances of him surviving were pretty low. But we did everything. And Jack and William were involved in it. And then when Jack wanted to bury him in a little box out front, I went to Michael's, and I bought a little box. And I bought him a rock, a river rock, to paint. And we nurtured that because we followed his instincts on how he was feeling about the animals, and I cannot say enough how important it is to do that with your children. How did you feel being a part of Tiny Elvis's, like, shot at living, but also at 
definitely part of his peaceful passing. Like, how did you really feel in that, in that, through that journey? And how did you feel watching your kids do it? As we'll talk about a lot, my maternal instinct kicked in hard. And I was like, this is my child. About the mouse? About the mouse. Yes, not my actual children. <laughs> about the mouse. And I treated tiny Elvis as my own child. And when he passed, he passed in my hand. We knew it was happening. The boys had gone to bed. It was just me. Nate had gone to bed. And I held him in my hand and I sang to him and I pet him and he passed away. And then Hmm. I sobbed incredibly loudly for about a solid 10 minutes. What happened there? What happened? A lot. Like emotion, like this baby that I wish could have had a longer life, even though they only lived 12 to 18 months. <laughs> like, I just, you know, it just hurt my heart that we tried so hard and we still couldn't save him. This is so interesting to me and a really important part of our conversation because I was going to say, which ties into this for me anyway, that another way you can really help animals is to not eat animals to whatever extent and capacity you are able to do that. I'm always a vegetarian and always striving to be a perfect vegan. I'm not a perfect vegan. I'm, I'm okay to admit that. Bare minimum, I'm a vegetarian since I was 12 years old, but I'm always, I call myself an imperfect vegan. Um, and any way that you can, I think, value life the way you valued Elvis's. Like, to know that. Like, to know that you wanted that tiny mouse to, like, it mattered to you. It did. He, he, him being in your hand mattered. It did. And it was hard when he died. And like I said, I sobbed kind of the borderline of embarrassing. (laughs) But you know what? Today I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to drive home to people. Like you can move forward and you can learn from these moments and you can appreciate the time that you had and the moments that were spent and all the good that came out of it, like what my children learned in that moment, how it brought together us together as a family, our commitment. And I'm okay today. And that's like the same thing with fostering too. It's like, yeah. you, you're okay. You, you see all the good in it once you pass that emotional part. I think what I take away from your story with Elvis too is that you let it happen. You let it happen to you. You know, with me, with the way I eat, for example, my, my, you know, my husband is not a vegetarian and, but he eats more vegetarian. I would say he's a 50% vegetarian. Hey, that's great for someone who is at zero. And I can love and appreciate his journey for where it is. Mm -hmm. And I love and appreciate, oh my God, people like, you know, who have, full on farm sanctuaries and and they're just, oh my God, they're like life goals, hashtag life goals. But I guess my point is you let that happen. You Mm -hmm. let the landscape of your soul shift because of this mouse. Mm -hmm. And that is incredible for your kids to see is possible at whatever age and to be part of it at such a young age. And that's never going to leave you. There's a new mark now in you. It's true. I mean, for it was sad, but it was beautiful. Yeah. It really was. And he must have felt so much energy, safe, calm, kind energy passing that way with you in your, in your touch, knowing you, your, yes. your voice. I hope that he did. 
I think he knew he was loved. Yeah. You know, and they, and going back to the children and nurturing the children, it was, you know, it was, it was six days that we gave to this mouse. And my sons received a lifetime from that, a lifetime of kindness and nurturing and caring for animals. They received a lifetime from just going with what your kids, you know, if they find a bird, if something's hurt, just call the vet, just give it a try. Just do try to show them something. Try not to just walk away, you know, hear their feelings, feel their feelings and nurture that because it's going to let them grow into kind, beautiful animal lovers. Look guys, I have a phobia of cockroaches. I'm not saying I'm unique. And I'm not saying that I'm proud of it. I would like to evolve into my animal loving ways till I get to a point that I love roaches. It's, it's something I've thought about. I don't love them today. As a matter of fact, I, my OCD really kicks in. Like I, I'm a, I, they, they scare me. Why? No reason. They just scare me. They're the look of them, the crunchy shell. I don't need to keep going. I'm getting scared. My kids found a dead roach in the backyard. I had not killed it. I just want to put that out there. And, they wanted to do like an entire memorial service and they built like, we had like these mason jars. They built like this beautiful grassy dirt with flowers area. They picked up the roach without even batting an eye to put it in. They mm-hmm. sang songs. Did I have to regulate my emotions in a way that I don't think I've ever been tasked to do before to not like scream and. Yes, you did. Yeah, I yes, did. You did. I mean, I mean, like there were a lot of things that happened mm-hmm. inside in my, in my imagination, but I just. I did go with them. So I understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Speaking of kids, they're going to want, they're going to want pets maybe. And I guess one of the last things we really want to say is please consider adopting and rescuing mm. your animals. They even have chickens and pigs often at animal shelters. Like if you've got the land and you've got the love, you don't even need the land. You don't even need the land. For some of these animals. You're absolutely right. That was, that's you can it. live in an apartment you with some of these animals. live in a tiny house. Correct. You, I mean, homeless people's animals yeah. love, love, are loved and they don't need anything. They, they just don't need, need their person. Need. They need their pack. Right. Yes. Rescue. Rescue if you can. And we will help you. And we're not like saying that. Like, we mean it. Like, DM Jenny, DM me, Katya. DM us personally, DM us on the animal that changes you at better together dog rescue. Uh, just reach out. If you need like a hand, Hey, do you know good rescue in my area? Do you, what do you think of this animal shelter? How do I bring this bunny home? We will, we will help you. We're here. We're, this is our point. This is our point. And these are just some of the ways. And, and by the way, if you're already doing it and you're like, I'm kind of going crazy. Welcome to the club. Yeah. (laughs) You're on the right show. Don't change this channel. Yeah. And if you know a goat who needs a home, I'm looking to grow in my own evolution. I think that's where I'll go next. Start with a goat. Yeah. I feels right. Don't you think? I, yes. When you see me, you're like, she could have a goat. Right. Like she could rescue a goat. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like it's not fully me without the goat. I also feel like Wally also needs a goat. Wally's my latest... Jenny. I'm obsessed. Guys, he's my latest foster that ended up staying forever. He's a 80-pound, gray, beautiful pit bull boy who, I mean, can we call him a noble lad? He is. 
I spooned him for like half of my day yesterday and it was the best, best part of it. And his breath is amazing. Oh, just by amazing. I mean, stinky old man breath. Like it's the best. It's the best. He's such a good boy. He's, but I think he needs a baby goat. He needs a baby goat. I mean, he definitely misses sassy art. My just, we just lost our other people girl we're gonna talk about loss another day we don't need to go there today we don't but but that gets yeah just like one point i want to make is like dm us also what do you want to hear what are your questions what do you need us to talk about so that we can reach you and what your needs are yeah and like this show is called the animal that changed you right we're gonna have guests we're gonna just gab like Mm -hmm. there's gonna be some gabbing we have a Google voicemail, which mm-hmm. we have on every episode. And like, if you go to iTunes or Spotify or whatever, it's listed in the show notes. Call us and leave us a message or just like reach out in any way, shape or form and tell us like, I am getting on this show. I am, I am, I am tuning into it and I'm downloading it and I'm subscribing because I want to hear blank. We want to know what that right. is. What are your challenges? What are your goods, your bads, your uglies? Like, let's. Let's get real. And if you have dream guests, like I have some dream guests, I'm going to just shout one out. Joaquin Phoenix. Justin Bieber. Oh my gosh. Does he love animals? We need to know. He likes pities. Yeah, he's pities. Oh, Miley Cyrus does too. Mm. All Uh, right. I mean, mean, call us. Have your people call our people. (laughs) Willie Nelson. Dream. (laughs) Yes. Dream. Yeah, I'd like 5,000 more people. Oh, oh, I also want to talk to like the CEO of like Beyond Meat. Right. That would be fun. That would be great. That would be an interesting conversation. Anyway, my point is we want to know what you want and we want to work hard to deliver it because look, let's be honest, we work hard anyway. Right. <laughs> Let us do for you. <laughs> Agree. And we're like kind of cool people. We're kind of cool. Yeah. And this is also a non-judgment zone. That's like a big priority in my life. Yeah. I walk around and I'm a non-judgment zone. Like you are always safe with me. Me too. And so we hope you feel that. Yeah. Um, that's a tenet of our friendship and this show. Yes. So you heard it here. I guess, I think that's a good list to start with. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Right. But I think on every episode, we should just con- continue listing off more. Of- we'll, we'll just keep listing. Yeah. And, um, and if you know them, send them our way. Send them our way. I'm going to add one addendum. I like that word, addendum. Shop cruelty free. That's it. I had to say it. Just had to get it in there. Just look for that little bunny on the back. Little sign. No animals were tested on. Ah, really good way. You can vote that way. <laughs> Just letting you know. I, I'm getting like borderline obnoxious. I hear it. We love you all. You're incredible. We're so excited to be on the show together and to be with you. Get in touch. Yeah. Please reach out. We really actually do want to hear from you. Yeah. And until then, go spoon a stinky animal. Get some breath in your yeah. face. Love them up and know that you belong here. Ciao. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to The Animal That Changed You. We'll see you next week. We hope you subscribe to this show and leave a review, tell your people, and become our friend. Follow us on Instagram at The Animal That Changed You and at Better Together Dog Rescue. We're here for you and we're here for your animals. For more great iRaw podcasts, visit iRawPod.com. That's I R O A R P O D.com. Ow!